Not a good time to have nuts in your mouth. Welcome back, friends. Lost Guy here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games of the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby right back at ya. Currently, there's nothing new going on in the Kirby world, so let's talk about one of the more popular Kirby Twitters and websites. Today, I'll tell you about Kirby Informer. They are at Kirby Informer on Twitter, and their website is KirbyInformer.com. They have just broken 15,000 followers, which is pretty awesome for them. And what they are is it's just a news site just telling you about Kirby news. So like the Kirby Cafe, uh, the Kirby train setup going on in Japan, then things like the Waddle D store, stuff like that. And they'll talk about plushies and stickers and things being sold in Japan. Also sites where you can go if you want to import those things. They're not the only site that does it, but they're one of them. And we'll talk about the other ones in the future for sure. And so if you're a fanatic that likes to buy Kirby merchandise, they're pretty useful. Also, on occasion, they will retweet Kirby fan art, which I'm a big fan of seeing. It's, it's awesome to see fan art. So many people are so good at Kirby art. I keep following more and more people because I love seeing Kirby fan art. So also, if you know any great Kirby fan sites or Twitters, let me know so that I can follow them as well or bookmark them. It'd be great to see more Kirby things because that's just awesome for me and I can share it so it'll be awesome for you too. So today's episode is on episode 7 of Kirby Right Back At You titled Kirby's Excellent Adventure. Yep. Yeah, they went there with that. The Japanese title is Revenge, Dinoblade. So let's talk about Dinoblade. Dinoblade is a huge bird. She looks like a hawk, but she's multicolored. She's got a red vest with a yellow trim and a giant blue gem at the center of her chest. Her color scheme is like rainbow-like. She's got red, orange, yellow, green, and blue going down her wingspan. But she's got blades at the ends for her feathers because she's, well, Dinoblade. Dinoblade first appeared in my favorite Kirby game, by the way, Kirby Superstar. There she is, the final boss of the subgame named Dinoblade. What's going on is Dinoblade is ruining the crops of Dreamland, so Kirby climbs the mountain to figure out what's going on, and Kirby fights her in the final battle and knocks her out. It's a fun boss fight, and we'll see that covered in the future when we go over Kirby Superstar and eventually Superstar Ultra. After knocking her out, though, Kirby discovers her chicks and realizes she's trying to feed her babies. That's all she's doing. She's been stealing the crops to feed her kids. So Kirby takes them and feeds them himself using wispy apples, because that's an endless supply, so that's great right there, and he also teaches them to fly. In the end, they fly away with a recovered Dinoblade, and that's it. But evidently, Dinoblade feels like she owes Kirby, because she helps Kirby out in other games in Superstar, such as Revenge of Meta Knight. She actually helps out Kirby. When he gets shot off of Knight's ship, the Halberd, she carries him back to it, and gets shot down in the process. She also appears in minor or cameo roles in Kirby's Air Ride, Mass Attack, Fighters Deluxe, and Star Allies. In the show, she will appear a few times, this of course being her introduction episode. She is 100% in 3D, and it is not the best 3D animation. This is of course 2002 we're talking about, so you can forgive it a bit, but it is not the best. Consequently, I theorize that Dinoblade is why Kirby's animation is so different from the other episodes in this episode. In this episode, we're going to see a lot of 2D Kirby instead of the usual 3D Kirby for the majority of the episode. And because of that, it puts Kirby in a significantly different light. It's very interesting. I've talked about this a few times in the past before, saying that we see a lot of 3D Kirby, and then eventually we're going to see a 2D Kirby that makes it inconsistent, and here it is right here. This episode is the only one so far out of 15 episodes I've watched where we get 2D Kirby a lot, and it's just different, and in some ways, I wish we saw more of this Kirby. You'll see what I mean as we go. But now let's start out the episode properly. So the episode starts with King Dedede running up a hill, followed by a Scargoon. Escargoon's like, you shouldn't be doing this, but King is indulging what he does, and this is King Didi having his favorite hobby, and that is bird watching. That's like people watching, I suppose, isn't it? 
So in the English version, he calls the birds he sees a bunch of funny names, just describing them as they're going, and it's kind of funny. But the Japanese version, he actually gives out their names. He names them out as Copper Pheasant, a Shrike, a Thrush, a Toucan, a couple Salmon-Crested Cockatoos, a Scarlet Macaw, and an Owl. But then the birds start to freak out and fly away, and they're not sure why that is. And then... A huge gust of wind hits the area. And the poor sheep once again have a bad day. Remember the sheep from episode one? Well, they're having a bad day again because they see the wind coming and they get blasted away. Just ouch. Sucks for the whole flock. They just get blown everywhere. But they aren't the only victims, no. We all see Kirby's house and it gets completely thrown into the air with Kirby in it. And the house comes tumbling down a canyon. Luckily, though, Kirby does fly out of the house just in time and we see a giant streak across the sky. And King Dedede tells Escargoon that they just saw Dynablade. So that's how they started out. This is the opener right after that, and it's like, well, that's quite the entrance there. Dynablade just wrecked a place just by flying. So that's how powerful she is. So, oh, that's a good way to start it out. So after the opener, we next see the aftermath of the strong gust. Thankfully, we see the shepherd with his sheep, so they're all definitely okay, but they're understandably wrecked. Random citizens are in the area, while Sir Ibram... Chief Bookham, the mayor, and Professor Curio investigate. Tiff and Tuff are looking around too with Honey and Spikehead, for some reason the other guy's not there, and they're just searching around, but no one's sure what's going on, and Tuff decides to go check on Kirby's house while Tiff wants to look around. Now in the Japanese version, the kids figure it must have been a monster from King Dedede, or maybe a tornado, while in the English version, they just figure it's a tornado or something else. Like, just significantly different wording there, which I find interesting that they don't suspect it's a monster in the English version. That just seems like a gimme they should have said. Just something I found interesting. I mention this because the next thing that happens is Tiff finds a giant blade. Tuff tries to touch the edge of the blade with his open palms, by the way, which shows you how smart Tuff is, and the blade pushes him back, just blasts him away a little bit. In the Japanese version, Tuff thinks it must be a blade from a monster, but in the English version, he's just shocked from getting knocked back. Then Professor Curio freaks out and joyfully tells them it's a Dynablade feather. Like, he is losing it. He is extremely happy to find this thing. Good for him. So now it's time for some lore. So he explains to everyone that apparently Dynablade shows up in Capitown every 100 years to lay an egg. And it looks like it's been 100 years since last time Dynablade showed up. He's just super hype about this and he figures Dynablade is looking for a nest. But then all that gets interrupted because a bunch of farmers show up saying that their watermelon patch has been eaten. Now this is a very interesting scene. As I mentioned before as a fan of the games, I would instantly think it's Dynablade doing this because Dynablade wrecks the crops in the games. So they go to the watermelon patch, and there's a bunch of half-eaten watermelons everywhere. So I'm like, okay, Dynablade's been eating a bunch of watermelons, and I guess giving what's left of it to her chicks, right? But what happens is not that. It's, it's, uh, it's a bit nuts, and I'm gonna take a minute on this. So they come to this watermelon patch, it's all wrecked all over, they're just a bunch of half-eaten watermelons, and the farmers think it's Kirby. Tiff tries to defend Kirby, saying they don't have any proof. And then now enters Tom Sawyer Kirby, or Huckleberry Finn Kirby. I'm not sure which one's the one that's more innocent of a troublemaker between the two. But Kirby shows up and straight up swallows a watermelon in front of everybody. In this episode, he's going to be a little mischievous. Like, he's just carefree doing whatever he wants. And here's the first thing he does. He just comes over and just eats a watermelon in front of everybody. And the farmers get mad and they run after Kirby. But here's the weird thing that we see next. They cut to Kirby with a half-eaten watermelon. He's taking a bite out of a watermelon. This blows my mind, because Kirby doesn't bite things. He eats them whole. Kirby doesn't have teeth. We have never seen Kirby with teeth in any game, unless there's a power that gave him teeth at some point, which I don't remember. 
We've never seen Kirby with teeth. Kirby doesn't bite. Kirby swallows. That's all he does. He's like a duck. He just eats it whole. But somehow, he half ate all these watermelons, which is also weird, because Kirby doesn't half eat anything. Kirby devours everything. So why would he leave this watermelon patch wrecked is another question right there. And it just comes a theory for me that this is just because, well, they had to just do a bunch of anime and they need to give a reason why Kirby would be in trouble. And they did this, which is just weird. They could have just had the whole patches just missing because Kirby ate it all. They could have had that instead. So it's a very odd episode for me because there's things like, oh, this could be an amazing reference, but it's actually not a reference at all. It's something else. Or maybe it was and then they used that to fake you out where they're like, oh, maybe Diamond Blade, but no, it's actually Kirby. I guess that's what it could be. It's just weird though because. It's just a good reference, but it's not that. It's just weird, and it blows my mind. So we're starting to see 2D Kirby here. We're going to see 2D Kirby for the most part until he meets up with Donna Blade. So the farmers are chasing after Kirby, and Kirby's like, oh, snap, and then runs away. Now, here's the thing about this. Because we're getting a lot of drawn 2D Kirby, we get a bunch of expressions out of Kirby. Like, a bunch of expressions. That's pretty nice right there. That When Kirby swallowed watermelon, it was in 2D, too, and that's why we get a different expression. Like, if it was 3D Kirby, he'd swallow the watermelon, and then he'd just have a smile, and that'd be it, and he'd just be like the usual standing Kirby. But for this one, it was a 2D Kirby, he swallows the watermelon, and then he makes a look at the camera, a really happy look, with some of the watermelon still popping out of his mouth. That is because it's a 2D instead of a 3D, and because of that, we get just more expression out of Kirby, which is very interesting. So when the farmers chase Kirby away, Kirby runs from them, gets to a point where he thinks he's safe, and he looks around, just like, okay, I'm safe now. And then he sees the car farmers are still chasing him, so he runs some more. He just has a bunch of different expressions of relief on his face when he does that. And that's because it's 2D instead of 3D. So they're utilizing an interesting range of Kirby going on here. And it's like, well, shoot, I can't, I like 3D Kirby because it's really well drawn. Not well drawn, but it's well modeled and it looks great and it's very cute. But there's times when they would benefit from this 2D Kirby. And it's looking really good right here. By the way, I'm up to episode 15. And we don't see much of 2D Kirby after this episode. So I assume right now the reason why we see so much 2D Kirby in this one is because of Dynablade. That the majority of the 3D time went to Dynablade, so they needed to spend whatever other time drawing Kirby instead of 3D making them, besides when Kirby meets up with Dynablade. And there's a little bit of uh, King Didi Dance Gargoon in 3D as well. But a lot of it is just 2D Kirby, which is a trip. So eventually Kirby does get a safe distance from everyone and he just gets away and he just has a sigh of relief. And then a plate of watermelons floats near Kirby and he goes to suck it. But then he remembers the chase that this just happened and he decides no. And he has just a look of just doubt on his face and a look of uncertainty on him. It's, it's interesting to just see more emotions out of Kirby in this episode. So that plate floats away. And then a plate of cake shows up and Kirby instantly sucks it up because, well, that's not what he got chased for. He shows a little bit more independence and smart in this episode. He's still a baby, so his logic is, only watermelons are why I'm going to get in trouble, so he eats the cake. But then what comes up next is, now a plate of sweets shows up, and it floats over to him, and Kirby chases after it. Like, he jumps at it, and it moves out of the way, and hits his face into the ground, and he does it again, and he does it again. It's really cute, it's really funny, and eventually, though, Kirby gets mad and chases the plate really hard. But eventually, he falls into a trap set by King DDD. So that's right, King Dedede and Escargoon have now captured Kirby, and they're taking him somewhere. Takori actually notices the situation, and he says he's going to go see what's going on. Now, you might think Takori's crazy at this point, because it looks like he's talking to himself, but at the last moment, they actually show Rick pop his head out from behind a rock to show Takori isn't nuts. Looks like the king's got Kirby in the can, and he's cooking up something nasty! I think I better tail him! 
Crikey! By the way, one they caught Kirby, King Dedede said their fast food was too fast for Kirby. Because of course they did. Because of course they did. So we follow King Dedede as he drives up to a mountain. They free Kirby and tell him they're gonna bring him to some food. So they climb up to the top of a mountain and King Dedede shows Kirby just a huge egg. They tell Kirby that he'd make a great big breakfast and Kirby looks really, really into the situation. He's like, ooh, food! Yes, and he like does that gulp thing to show someone's like they can't wait to eat something. So King Dedede gives Kirby some matches and the two leave. Him and Escargoon leave. Next we see Kirby thinking in his imagination about cooking the egg to eat it, and we're treated with lots of Kirby expressions. Very cute as always, just seeing what Kirby's thinking about what he's gonna do with his egg. And then Kirby goes towards the egg with a smile on his face. And then it cuts to Tiff and Tuff. So Tiff and Tuff are learning from Rick that Kirby was captured by King Dedede using food for bait. The two figure, yeah, yeah, that's Kirby's big weakness, so that's not good. And then they rush off to find where King Dedede was last seen and start calling out to Kirby. But then a big eggshell lands on Tuff's head, for comedy of course, and they notice it came from the top of a mountain and rush there. They see a burnt nest and eggshells, but no Kirby. They surmise that King Dedede must have tricked Kirby into eating the egg, which is bad news since that means Dinoblade will want to take revenge on Kirby. And that's what happens next. Now, Dinoblade shows up at this point, and it's the first time you're going to see Dinoblade. And so, the 3D, like I said, it's okay, it's not the best. It looks awful in comparison to, like, now 3D, obviously. And, I don't know, it's, it's not great. But Dinoblade looks understandably pissed. She looks very angry. And that is not a good thing. And we get a good shot of how big Dinoblade is when she's on the mountain. He's like, she is just huge. It, she is a big old bird. And she's going to go wreck Kirby, and that's not good. Tiff and Tuff figure they need to get to Kirby first and warn him, because, well, they should. That's the best thing to do. And then we get a funny moment next. So they cut to King Dedede now, and he's singing about how Kirby's going to get attacked by Dinoblade, as he creates this big sign in a field that is a drawing of Kirby prepping to eat an egg. Dinoblade an egg in me, E-I-E-I-O, but a handsome king out of plan he made, E-I-E-I-O. Kirby's that big old leg, Dinoblade gonna grab Kirby by the neck, drag him away to a secret lair, find a guy Kirby out of my hair, Dinoblade, hey look, let's hide. This is an interesting scene because Dinoblade sees it and totally understands the message. Like, a creature that looks like this ate her egg, like that's what she got from it, and that was enough, she just figures it out from there. Well played, King Dedede, you somehow were right that Dinoblade would understand your thing, it works out for him. A funny thing is, as King Diddy was making the sign, he's singing in a fast-paced E-I-E-I-O style thing about how Kirby's gonna get eaten. Well, in the Japanese version, it's much more of a slow-paced song, based on something I'm sure that I don't recognize. By the way, when they noticed the plan worked, Escargoon says Kirby's egg stinked. Oh, and by the way, earlier he also said Kirby must be excited when they showed him the egg. Just, oh my god, the eggs. The egg puns. The egg puns. They don't have a ghost of a chance. So Tiff and Tuff eventually find Kirby fishing. Straight up Kirby fishing, which is a cool thing to see. Like, we've never seen Kirby fish. So we see Kirby catching fish and putting it in a basket instead of eating it immediately. And it's cute, but it leads to a question. Why is Kirby putting fish in a basket instead of eating it? It's very odd. Like, I have one theory as to why they're showing him doing this, but it's also possible that the animation people were, like, just showing him fishing, not realizing that Kirby just eats things immediately. Unless it's the first thing, and I'll mention that later. 
Something to note is that Kirby's on a coast, and there are banana trees where he is. This will be important later as well, and I didn't notice this until like the third viewing, and it makes perfect sense later on in the episode when you see this. So, the two surprise Kirby and berate him about his gluttony. Kirby doesn't really understand their anger and goes back to tending to his fish when... Dynablade shows up. Now things are going to get pretty bad for Kirby. Dynablade instantly swoops in for the attack. Her strong wind pushes Tiff and Tuff out of the way, good for them, and Kirby notices Dynablade and is understandably very scared. Kine shows up, of all people, out of the water and tells Kirby to run. Run, Kirby, run. This is the weird thing about Kirby. He's very independent. Like, he wanted to go fishing on his own. He wanted to do all these things on his own. But now Kine's got to tell him to go run, which seems very obvious. That's what Kirby should be doing. But that's what he does. Kirby goes and runs, and he just gets away from Dynablade. Eventually, Dynablade dives and attacks Kirby, and he barely dodges her. We're then treated to Kirby repeatedly dodging Dynablade and thinking he's safe for some reason. The same thing with the farmers. He'll get away from her, Things like, okay, I'm okay. And then she shows up and he's like, oh crap, wait, I'm not okay. It's like a weird game of peekaboo with Kirby. That's what it is right there. It's a, he is a baby, so baby logic, I suppose. But that's what's going on. So after the first dodge and he thinks he's safe, he runs up a hill and dodges again. And Dynablade just destroys the hill through just bashing into it, going after Kirby. So Kirby then runs down the hill, what's ever left of it, and he thinks he's safe again, and then Dynablade chases him again and crashes into whatever's left of that hill. Dynablade is destroying things through brute force trying to kill Kirby. Not good times for Kirby at all. And eventually she attacks him again, and Kine is telling Kirby to watch out, which leads to Dynablade actually going after Kine. Which, Dynablade's got some aptitude to her on just figuring things out, it's very interesting. But then Kine realizes, wait, Dynablade can't go into the water, so he tells Kirby to jump in. And we're treated to another weird lore mistake. Kirby dives into the water and holds his breath, but he can't hold it forever and eventually surfaces. What's weird about this is, in the games, Kirby can be underwater indefinitely, and he will also do so in a later episode as well. So that's very odd. But thankfully this time when Kirby surfaces, Dynablade doesn't notice him and he's able to finally get away. And then we cut to Capitown citizens talking about how Kirby's been eating a lot again, and this time he ate Dynablade's egg, so he's in big trouble now. Like the town found out. Who told the town is the question? I suppose Tiff and Tuff did? Like, while Kirby's been getting chased, they told the town, and so now the town knows. Unless King Dedede told them, which I don't know why he would. But so everyone's just like, okay, Kirby ate the egg, they know bad things are going to happen to the town if Kirby comes here, so hopefully Kirby doesn't show up. And for some reason, Chef Kawasaki's selling Dynablade noodle bowls, because of course he is. There is a scene that's cut from this, and that is Chief Bookum. He has his gun out, and he shoots to the sky, saying he's prepared to fight Dynablade. That's cut out, of course, for the 4Kids version, because, you know, gun violence. But then Kirby does show up at the town, and Dynablade's wind gust destroys the town. He just destroys the place as she's attacking Kirby. And a scene of Chief Bookham shooting his gun and getting blown away was cut as well there. People are just mad at Kirby because, well, the town's getting destroyed because of Kirby, and, well, that's not very good. And, yeah, this town totally got wrecked because of Kirby. That's just, that's just what happened there. It, it got wrecked because of Kirby, and the town's going to keep getting wrecked because of Kirby. I don't know how many times it's going to be. If we want to keep count, we should have done it already, but I don't know. It's just, it's just going to be a big number at the end. So Tiff and Tuff start looking for solutions. Tuff asks Koo to ask Dynablade for forgiveness. By the way, notice that? So Rick, Koo, and Kine are in this episode, just a little bit each one. And so they ask Koo for, to ask for his forgiveness, and Koo says, Koo, go talk bird talk to Dynablade and tell him we're sorry. It'll listen to a wise bird like you, Koo. I doubt it. You're forgetting that egg contained Dynablade's chick. How can we expect it to forgive us for its loss? Your friend Kirby's gotten us all into a mess. Honestly, like, 
Her chick's been eaten by Kirby. She wants revenge. Kill ain't gonna be able to stop that. Tiff then asks Mednight for help, and he says Kirby has to take responsibility for his actions. And, well, yeah, he definitely does. So eventually, Dinoblade does capture Kirby. And it's in her beak. Not a good time. What happens is Kirby tries to hide, like, under a house. Dinoblade destroys the house, catches Kirby off camera. And then, well, Kirby's stuck. He's in her beak. He's gonna get eaten or bitten or something. He's just gonna die. It's gonna be horrible. And at this point, of course, it's now 3D Kirby. And he's trying his best not to get crushed in a beak, but it's not going well for him. Like, he's pushing back as best he can, but it ain't looking too great. So in desperation, Tiff calls for the Warp Star. So the Warp Star is now in transit, heading to go save Kirby, hopefully. Dinoblade, for some reason, decides that she can't kill Kirby through biting him. I guess he's too strong for that. So she goes ahead and puts him in her talon, and she starts crushing him in her talon. Kirby looks very uncomfortable in this situation. He looks also very distressed. Like, Kirby's ready to cry, because he's just in a bad spot. But somehow, Kirby's able to get loose, and he climbs on top of her wing and tries to hit her, but does no damage. Kirby can't do anything without any powers, or something to suck up and spit back at her. All he can do is just try to hit her, but he's not doing anything to her. And so Dinoblade actually tries to slice Kirby with her other wing. Things are just not looking favorable for Kirby, so she eventually flaps Kirby off her wing, and he plummets. But thankfully, the Warp Star catches him. So now Kirby tries to fight Dinoblade just straight up jumping at her with his Warp Star, but he's not able to do any damage since he has no powers, like I said earlier, so... Not a good time for this. Dinoblade just easily rebuffs Kirby and just knocks him away, so he tries a different tactic. He starts circling Dinoblade with his, with his Warp Star, and she tries to follow along and gets dizzy and falls. But before she hits the ground, she fixes herself and goes back on the attack, which is, of course, not good for Kirby. Tiff tells Kirby to suck up Dinoblade, because that's the right thing to do that never works on the huge enemies. I was really hoping Kirby would eat a feather and become Wing Kirby, but nope, that doesn't happen. Or maybe, you know, Sword Kirby because the Dinoblade, but nope, that doesn't happen. That's too bad because it would have been interesting to see just Wing Kirby in this since it's such an interesting outfit. Also, my favorite power to use against Dinoblade in the games was Wing Kirby because it's like bird versus bird kind of fight. I like doing that. But nope, we don't get that. Kirby's not able to suck her up. She blasts him. She actually slaps Kirby and, and he recovers. She then uses a wind attack, and this is kind of cool. King Diddy's tank just gets blasted away by it. And a bunch of Cappies get blasted too. We see Tiff grab a tree, and then Spikehead grabs onto her leg to hold on because he's getting blown away. And then Tuff hangs onto Spikehead. But then the wind just gets too strong and Tuff comes loose. But then Professor Curio grabs Tuff while holding onto Spikehead. And it looks like both of them came loose, so he's holding them, Tiff's holding onto Spikehead. They're all just trying to hold on for dear life and somehow not die horribly in the blast. And it's just a cool touch to see that, and just seeing Professor Curio be helpful like that. That's just a cool thing to see. And eventually, the wind attack just overwhelms Kirby, and he gets blown away as well. Dinoblade once again catches Kirby in her mouth. The warp set tries to intercept, but King Dedede fires a cannonball to stop it. But Dinoblade thinks it's aimed at her, and slaps the ball back at King Dedede and Escargoon. Bam! Just blows them up, which is great. And then the warp star slams right into Dinoblade, hitting her right into the gem that's on her chest, and it makes her drop Kirby from her mouth. And Kirby falls into the water near the coast. So, this isn't a very intense moment, this situation going on for Kirby. And we're nearing the end of the episode. So much has happened right here. It's interesting how this episode's been going. Like, it's just this one big moment that's happened for the most part. Just Kirby trying not to die by Dinoblade. That's really what's happened for the most part beside the setup at the start. And we're coming to the exciting conclusion of this whole thing right here. So Kirby fell into the water on the coast. Everyone's worried. 
They go to find him, and he's, yep, he survived, and he's back on the coast with everyone, and they have a happy reunion. But, you know, Dynablade's gonna be back, and she is. She comes back and attacks Kirby once again. Kirby runs away once again as well, and he's looking at Dynablade as he's running, and he misses his footing, and he trips and gets stuck in a crack on the shore. And so he's stuck, he can't go anywhere, and Dynablade flies in for the kill. But then, a chick shows up holding a banana peel. Kirby's like, hey, little buddy. And I'm really curious if Kirby was trying to lead Dynablade to the chick or not. Like, there's no real way to know, honestly. Like, Kirby looks like he's looking at her because he's worried about her hitting him, or if he's trying to lead her to the chick. I'm not sure. Earlier, Kirby was getting fish, and he wasn't eating the fish, so I was wondering if he was bringing it to the bird. I mean, to the chick. I'm not sure about that either. I'm really not sure if I'm giving too much credit or not. Or if Kirby was just running for his life, and luckily was there at the right spot for the chick to show up. Because the chick shows up, and Dynablade stops. She was about to kill Kirby, but she stops when she sees the chick. And so at this moment, everyone shows up and they're like, whoa, what the heck's going on here? And Cerebrum's there, the kids are there, everyone's there. And we get to see Kirby feed a baby chick bananas while everyone watches. And of course, it is very cute. Remember I mentioned those banana trees earlier? That's why I have that thought. I'm wondering if Kirby was fishing nearby to bring the fish to the chick or not. That's what I was wondering. But of course, he is feeding it bananas. Which if we had Wispy Woods, he probably would have been apples again. So eventually, Kirby's feeding the chick bananas, and then the chick notices Dynablade and calls out to its mother. And Dynablade starts crying and calls back to its child. And so Dynablade and the chick are reunited, and it's meant to be this heartwarming moment. And then Dynablade looks at Kirby, and Kirby moves away scared. Kirby's understandably very scared and runs and hides in a corner. But then Dynablade pats him on the head, like she just pats him, like, there, there, it's okay, all is forgiven kind of thing. Like, well, alright, so we got a happy ending here. Because Kine tells everyone that Kirby hatched the egg. So Tiff figures Kirby was taking care of the chick for her since he was there when it hatched, and well, what is he gonna do? Just leave a baby alone? So everyone's just proud of Kirby for taking care of this chick, but then Takori shows up and explains what actually happened. Kirby lit the nest on fire! But instead of cooking the chick, it sped up the hatching process. So that's a lucky break. Takori figures Kirby took pity and didn't eat the bird and decided to take care of it. This news makes Dynablade look at Kirby, who skedaddles away. It's very cute again. It's just funny to see this. Kirby's like, I'm out. He's <laughs> like, whew, no one knows I'm just gonna eat that bird. He's like, oh crap, I'm out of here. Tiff is annoyed and says someone should eat Kirby. That'll teach him a lesson. Kirby understands what she meant and runs in fear and hides. Just runs again and again, very cute. But Tiff then tells Kirby it's a joke. He's too tough to eat. And Kirby happily comes back and it's the end of the episode. For the Japanese version though, Tiff says, come on, let's go fix the houses. For And Kirby comes back happily. And that's just a nicer version right there. Because Kirby, you know, is a nice little fellow. So that right there is the first Dynablade episode. She is going to show up again a few more times, but mostly in cameo form. Kirby had a really rough day with this episode, oh my god. But he didn't really get beaten up, so we can't really put the counter up on that. He was almost murdered a few times, though. Very distressing for Kirby, but he didn't get killed or get hurt too much, so can't really put up the counter on that. 2D Kirby had so many expressions we haven't seen before, and we will not see again for the time being until we get another 2D heavy episode, I'm assuming. I'm up to 15, as I said earlier, on rewatching, and it's all been 3D Kirby for the most part, so I don't know when we're going to see it again. So he's just back to being the much more simple baby-like Kirby. And that's kind of too bad in some ways. Like, I like seeing this more uh, Huck Finn kind of Kirby, just being more expressive and being able to do things on his own. But it's also fun seeing the baby-like Kirby as well, and we're going to get a lot of that pretty much soon enough. 
And this is just one big event episode. It was such a roller coaster ride. I I really liked it. Like it went by so fast. For me, it felt like it was only five minutes watching this episode. I watched it like four times now, and it still feels so fast. So much goes on so quickly. I just I really like this episode. It was just a good one, in a in a roller coaster kind of way. It's not the most like this way here. It's not the funniest episode. It's not the best action episode, but it's just a roller coaster, and it's just done very well in that light. So next up is going to be episode eight, and it's going to be around a certain someone known as Professor Curio. And it has its ups and downs, but will definitely be the weakest episode so far. Which isn't saying a lot, really. If we graded these episodes, most of the episodes would be between, like, the 8s and 10s. There's definitely some really good episodes. Maybe not a 10 yet, but definitely 8s and 9s for sure. A lot of really good episodes so far. But episode 8 would be, like, a 6 or a 7. It's the weakest episode so far. Still has some comedy to it. Still has some interesting stuff and lore going on. But it's not as good as what we've had so far. But that's not saying it's not a good episode. It's just not as good as the others, by comparison. But after that, it's going to be a lot of amazing episodes coming up. And since I'm up to 15, I'll tell you right now, like 9 through 15, all very good episodes. 15 is probably the best episode so far. So we're having a pretty bright future going forward so far with the show. And hopefully around episode 10 will be when we do Kirby's Dreamland, the first game. And then maybe every 10 episodes we'll do another one. Or I speed it up and get more going. We'll see. It depends on how time goes and everything. But let's end this out right now. So that right there is the end of this episode of Kirby's Dreamcast. As always, if you have feedback, please let us know what you like and don't like. And remember, you can find us on YouTube and Podbean. The YouTube version has some extra visuals to it with clips and from the show on occasion. When a gaming episode rolls out, though, there'll probably be a lot more gameplay footage in there just to watch while listening to me talk. But hopefully I'll be able to describe the levels pretty well as well in podcast form, too. If you're enjoying the podcast and got all the way to the end, please share with other Kirby fans. The more of us having fun with the podcast together, the better. I had a lot of fun talking, and I hope you had a lot of fun watching and or listening. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. <laughs>